The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke this parable to the disciples. A kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lambs and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lambs, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flakes of oil with their lambs. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want to begin the homily this morning by asking us a question. And I want us to reflect over this question and have an answer to this question inside our hearts. Maybe I'll ask you for the answers after the Mass. And the question is this. What would you do if you are told now that Jesus was coming. What would you do if you are told that the bridegroom is coming today? I'm guessing that many of us would want to remain inside this church, praying and waiting for him to come. I'm also guessing that many of us, including myself, will want to go for confession. And also, perhaps, many would want to go into that chapel and have some quiet time with Jesus. And even those who have not attended Mass today will want to run into the church 
But we need to delay and wait for the 11th hour before we do all these things. These are acts or actions that shows or that show that we are not prepared. We are not ready to meet him. It was Luther who was asked, what would you do differently if you were told that the world was coming to an end? You were told that the world was going into pieces. And Luther said, I will still plant my apple tree. And I think this is a type of attitude we should emulate as we await for the coming of Jesus. I will still plant my apple tree. What that means is that I will still go about my normal business. I will still do whatever I have planned to do for that day. Why? Because he was ready to meet the bridegroom at any point in time. Of course, we also have been told about the four things that await each and every one of us, and that is death. After death comes judgment, and after judgment is either you go to hell or you go to heaven, the four last things that await us. But sometimes we are carried away with the things of this world that we don't want to reflect on these four last things that await us. I'm sure that if we are able to have this at the back of our minds, it will help us to prepare ourselves and to help us to get ready for the second coming of Jesus. And of course, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27, will tell us that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that comes judgment. And so, my dear friends, as we gradually come to the end of our liturgical year, the church wants us to reflect on the end of our earthly journey. And so the parable of the ten virgins is to help us to reflect properly and to prepare us for the second coming of Jesus. In the parable, of course, there are lots of questions that come to mind. Number one would be, why were five of the virgins called wise? And why were the other five virgins called foolish virgins? And of course, were the wise virgins selfish for not sharing their oil with the foolish virgins? Was Jesus trying to encourage selfishness? So these, are the, these are some of the questions we may want to ask ourselves. And the passage tells us categorically why five of the virgins we are referred to as wise and five others were referred to as foolish virgins. That they all, of course, set out to meet, this, uh, to meet the bridegroom. They went with their lamps, but we were told that five of them went with an extra oil. They went with extra oil. And of course, that was why they were referred to as uh, wise virgins. The other ones, of course, went to meet the bridegroom, but they did not carry any extra oil along with them. So five of them had wisdom, and five of them were actually foolish. And remember, the first reading talks about wisdom. 
Wisdom, wisdom is profitable for those who have it. Wisdom, of course, is different from uh, intelligence. I remember my lecturer telling the, the best students in my class that you are, you, have, you are intelligent, but you don't have wisdom. You are intelligent, but you don't have wisdom. When you have wisdom, it means also that you are intelligent, but you can be intelligent without having wisdom. And I want to believe the foolish virgins, they were intelligent enough to go to meet the bridegroom, but they had no wisdom to carry along with them extra oil. And the wise virgins were intelligent, and they, were also, they also had wisdom. And it was wisdom that made them to carry along with them the extra oil that we needed, that they needed in their journey. So wisdom, wisdom is different from uh, being intelligent. Remember the story of Solomon, when God told Solomon to ask of anything. What did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. And not only was Solomon given wisdom, but he was also given every other thing that he needed. If it was someone who had only intelligence, if that person was asked to demand for something, I think the person would simply go for material things. But Solomon asked for wisdom, and that was given to him. And the wise virgins, of course, were not selfish in any way, because in our relationship with Jesus, there are things that we cannot share with other people. I want to believe that the oil here represents grace. The oil represents spiritual readiness. The oil represents love. The oil represents forgiveness. It represents kindness. So these are qualities that we cannot share with anybody. You must strive to acquire these things if really you want to make heaven. And that is why St. Paul will tell us in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. So salvation for me is a personal race. It is a personal race. When the bridegroom comes, we all will answer the call by ourselves. I'm not going to answer on behalf of my parishioners. You are not going to answer on behalf of your spouse. You're not going to answer on behalf of your children. So it is a personal race. So the best we can do is to encourage ourselves, just like what the second reading talks about, encourage one another. That is the best we can do as at this point in time. But when eventually the bridegroom comes, we may not be able to encourage one another. And that was the case in the gospel reading. That was the case between the foolish virgins and the wise virgins that it was time for serious business. And so the wise virgins were not able to lend or to give any oil to the foolish virgins. It is just like an examination. Before the examination, the lecturer or the teachers prepared the students for the examination. But on the day of the examination, they can no longer prepare the students. It is not time for business. And so, I can also study with my fellow classmates to prepare for an examination. I can teach them before the examination. But when it is time for the examination, I 
I'm not allowed and cannot teach them on that day of the examination. So when the bridegroom came, it was time for business. It was time for their examination. And so there was no point. It was not possible for the wise virgins to give some oil to the foolish virgins. If you go to verse 5 of that passage, we are also told that, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Meaning that they were tired at the point in time. They were tired of waiting for the bridegroom, and so they had to sleep. My dear friends in Christ, is it possible that some of us are sleeping spiritually because we are tired of waiting for the coming of Jesus? I've heard people say that I have been hearing that, the, that Jesus is coming since the Pope was an altar boy, and up to now the Lord has not come. Are we in that category of people who think that way? Is it also possible that some of us are tired of coming to church because we feel that the bridegroom is delayed in coming, because we feel that the bridegroom has not answered our prayer or is delayed in answering our prayer? Is it possible that some of us are tired of even praying because we feel that the bridegroom is delaying in solving our problems? I want to encourage you today to wait for the bridegroom, for he will surely come. And when he comes and finds you still waiting, heaven, of course, will be your reward. That when the bridegroom eventually comes, he will definitely turn your mourning into dancing. When the bridegroom eventually comes and finds you ready and still waiting upon him, he will definitely turn your sadness into joy. So keep waiting and do not get tired. And so Jesus ended the parable by saying, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The question is, what does it mean to watch? What does it mean to watch and wait? It simply means to be spiritually alert. It simply means to be prepared at all times. It simply means to pray. It simply means to carry the oil of love at all times. It simply means to carry the oil of forgiveness, to carry the oil of kindness, to carry the oil of peace. So it is my prayer at this Mass that as we continue to wait upon the Lord, as we continue to wait for his second coming, that the good Lord may grant us the wisdom we need to wait and not get tired, so that when eventually the bridegroom comes, he may find us ready to go with him. Peace be with you.